Welcome to the latest episode of Speaking of Arkansas. I'm Greg Harton, the editorial page editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm here today with Rusty Turner, the newspaper's editor, and we are in Fayetteville today. It's Wednesday, March 16th, 2022, and we are honored to have as our guest the 46th governor of the state of Arkansas, the Honorable Asa Hutchinson. Uh, Governor, thanks for joining us, and tell us a little bit about what what brings you to Northwest Arkansas. Well, first of all, it's great to uh, be back home. Uh, I get up here frequently, but it's nice to be able to uh, be on your podcast again. It was pre-pandemic the last time I was with you. And so uh, I'm back up here actually for a National Governors Association meeting on computer science. We'll have 10 states that will be coming here and we'll be able to feature what we've done in our state, but my goal is to promote computer science education, not just here, but uh, across the country because it is really a national security issue. So I'm excited about having Governor Bill Lee from Tennessee here along with uh, education commissioners. Uh, We'll be uh, meeting uh, this evening and tomorrow and I've set some very specific goals, uh, trying to increase the number of states that uh, put money behind computer science education specifically, uh, that we increase the number of high schools across the country that offer computer science, and that we increase the uh, numbers of states that require it for graduation. Right now, I believe there's four states that required as a graduation credit. This last year uh, in Arkansas, we made it a graduation requirement as well. And so that's what we're uh, doing, very excited about it, and uh, I think it'll make a big difference uh, for uh, the country, but it also allows us to really showcase what we've done here in this state. So what made you uh, decide that you wanted to do that here in Northwest Arkansas? Uh, great question because uh, we're having uh, two national meetings. So we've met uh, in Washington, D.C., focusing on computer science with the governors. We'll have our summer meeting uh, in the state of Maine, and then we've had regional meetings that I want to have as well. That allows us to uh, bring in a regional set of uh, states that can work on this more intensely. And so we're having one in Bentonville, and I'm having one in Boston. Uh, that will be in May. And so we're taking it regionally. We've already had one in Denver. Bentonville and Boston, uh, together again. Uh, (laughs) Uh, That's exactly right. Pretty good combination. That's right. Um, Well, tell me, uh, you know, as you head into the uh, final nine months or so of your governorship, um, what are the things that you think are most important for you to concentrate your time on? Well, first, it's been a real blessing in my life. Uh, One of the greatest uh, uh, parts of my public service is being able to say I've been governor of Arkansas. And this uh, last seven and a half years, we've accomplished a lot. But it's very important to me that we finish strong. And I've got a full agenda for this year. We just finished our uh, budget session of the legislature. And and they've gone home. They've adjourned. But we accomplished a lot in that uh, fiscal session particularly in supporting law enforcement and public safety. And uh, that has been a priority of mine, but we are giving uh, in July uh, $5,000 bonuses or stipends to every certified full-time law enforcement officer in the state of Arkansas. So every county and city uh, officer will 
be able to get this bonus to show appreciation, help them with the inflation challenges that they've had, uh, but also incentivize, hopefully, a local government to say, we've got to prioritize public safety and our support of law enforcement. Uh, but then, if you look at the uh, rest of this year, I, I articulated in terms of WINS. We want to have WINS for 2022, and that's an acronym for the W being Workforce Education. I just was in Jonesboro yesterday uh, giving uh, grant money for uh, our two-year colleges, for uh, workforce centers to increase the quality of our workforce training. Part of that is in cybersecurity. It will be uh, the University of Arkansas system that will have uh, an initiative there. So it's workforce training. Secondly, uh, the I is infrastructure uh, investments, and that's uh, continuing to expand uh, broadband across the state, uh, but also will be investing in water projects that are critical for Northwest Arkansas. Uh, so we're having uh, about another $600 million of infrastructure money coming from Washington that we're going to be able to allocate out this year. We want to do it right. And then the N is uh, the new economy jobs, and that's from that's everything from advanced manufacturing to ro robotics uh, in manufacturing, those kind of jobs, but also technology jobs that we're bringing into the state. We want to continue to focus on that. Uh, we brought in U.S. Steel, uh, steel manufacturing facility that are really new economy jobs that makes us on the cutting edge of the steel industry. And finally, I always want to focus on strengthening Arkansas families, and that uh, is about our tax cuts that we continue to do that put more money in individuals' pockets and families' pockets, but it's strengthening our child welfare system. Uh, we've put more money in increasing uh, the workers so that we can uh, make sure that we have uh, not too heavy of a caseload for our, our uh, workers in child welfare. Uh, trying to improve our foster care system. Those are some of the things that we're doing for strengthening our families. So it's a full agenda this year, and we're going to uh, uh, make progress in each one of those areas. And play a little basketball in between. Well, I hope to have some fun. You're, you're right. There's a lot going on this year, uh, both in uh, job recruitment, which I continue to do. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. We've been successful, and we hope to have more successes this year in uh, expanding the industry and recruiting new industry to the state. But uh, that's fun to me. And uh, yeah, I'm still playing basketball. I want to keep that up. Awesome. Um, can you, uh, how, how well do you do against your grandson, who I know is a pretty fair basketball player himself? So. Oh, my goodness. They, uh, they run up, they, they're so much better than me and so <laughs> uh, greater skilled. They need to learn to do better interviews, though. When uh, my oldest grandson was interviewed, uh, he said, well, they ask him about, well, how does uh, Papa play? And they, he says, well, he's not too mobile. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my, my uh, then Abel, he was interviewed and uh, asked about uh, my basketball skills. And he said, well, I can, I, my, my jump shot's better than his. So uh, they don't give me too many accolades, but I'm very proud of uh, what they've done. And uh, I'm blessed to play with some really uh, young guys and uh, I get up and down the court real well. So uh, it's a, uh, just an example of how we can stay healthy for a long time. 
Yeah, I think I remember he said uh, something about you. You were pretty smart about basketball, but uh, he was more athletic. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> there's <laughs> no doubt about that. Guys. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> well, let's uh, talk for a minute uh, about politics. Uh, you know, the, the obviously as you finish up your term, we're we're moving into uh, 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 somebody else's term. Um, uh, so let's talk for a minute about um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, given what we know about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, her devoted service to Donald Trump, uh, and a man that you said is not really, you don't feel is the right person to lead the GOP uh, uh, again. Um, and then Ms. Sanders' kind of limited traditional campaign as far as, so far, as far as Arkansas goes. Um, what can you tell Arkansans about why she's the right person to carry the mantle of GOP leadership in the state that you've served for so long, uh, you did endorse her. Um, so tell me a little bit about what you know that will help people to understand why she will be a great governor. Well, I have endorsed uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, for governor whenever she uh, secured the nomination uh, uh, in principle. Uh, she still has a Republican candidate, but uh, she had eliminated a lot of the, uh, the, the stronger opponents that were there. And so I was delighted to endorse her for the Republican nomination and for governor. Uh, as to what kind of uh, governor she will make, uh, I think she's uh, demonstrated uh, conservative principles. Uh, she has uh, certainly uh, demonstrated her ability to uh, uh, run and uh, be successful in politics. Her communication skills are very good, which is an important part of the role of governor. Uh, and I think she'll have a good working relationship with the uh, General Assembly. Uh, as you can see, she reached out to uh, Senator Bart Hester, who's the new uh, uh, Senate pro tem leader of the Senate, and uh, they're going to be uh, working together closely. So, you know, all the signs are that uh, she will be a very thoughtful governor about the issues and that uh, uh, she will lead in a conservative way, uh, and those are uh, you know, good criteria from my standpoint for the next governor. And you really became governor with a long resume of service to Arkansas and to the to the nation. Um, you know, hers is is a different kind of trajectory toward uh, the the governor's office. Uh, do you do you feel like it's it's uh, there's anything wrong with somebody who has not held political office becoming the governor? of the state? Oh, not at all. Uh, as you said, there's so many different paths uh, into uh, public service. You look at uh, her dad, Mike Huckabee, who was a pastor, uh, who was a brief time, he was lieutenant governor, but uh, he was thrust into the governor's office and uh, led our state uh, very well. But you also look at uh, Ronald Reagan. Of course, he had a record of service as governor, uh, but before that, uh, he did not have a record of service. But also look at, at President Zelensky uh, of Ukraine. Uh, he was uh, in business. He had never held public office before. And leaders rise to the occasion. And that's what you see has happened uh, with, with uh, President Zelensky in, in Ukraine. But that's what happens with leaders. So there's not any magical step. Uh, you look at the qualities and trust and uh, their leadership capability, and, and uh, uh, so it doesn't bother me the fact that there's not a long record of public offices that have been held. You, you, 
you mentioned Ukraine, and uh, I, this might be a good time to talk about that uh, uh, in the in the context of of, of what Arkansans uh, are thinking about it, and and what Arkansans should be thinking about the situation in Ukraine, the invasion, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and it's it's so far a very uh, valiant uh, defense of it. Ukraine's defense of its own country. Uh, and and the, the the wide support that that Ukraine's gotten from from Western nations. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it is an Arkansas issue in the sense that uh, uh, our people of Arkansas they go home from their work day, they turn on the news, and uh, they see uh, the suffering of Ukraine and the <clears throat> invasion, the reality of war uh, in their living room, and our heart aches. Uh, we, and we ask the question, uh, what more can we do? And what more should we do as a nation, as individuals? And so, first of all, we care and we, we share that burden of suffering and we want to help. And uh, uh, whenever you look at uh, uh, what we've done here in this state, uh, I think one, uh, the refugees are being handled so well by uh, the European countries, and there's probably not a need here, but we would open our doors to Ukrainian refugees if that was needed. Uh, and then secondly, we've got to be able to arm them. Uh, you know, we, we pray, but we've got to have something stronger. And so the, the Javelin missiles, uh, the surface-to-air missiles that we can produce here, even in Arkansas, through Aerojet Rocketdyne and our defense industry, they're going straight uh, there to uh, Ukraine. Uh, we're supporting them in this effort, and it's very effective. Uh, but we also, uh, I think it's puzzling to most Arkansans that, you know, the MiGs, uh, those fighter jets that uh, Poland has and is willing to give to the United States or to give to Ukraine, uh, we're not getting that done. And we have to accelerate the delivery of these defensive uh, and protective uh, weapons to uh, Ukraine so they have a chance of, of winning that fight. And so that's what I think our Kansans want. Uh, so I was proud to go down and visit all the uh, 2,000 workers in the defense industry and just tell them what they're doing uh, makes a difference and that they're saving lives. Uh, how would you counsel the president on on policy, foreign policy issues as far as containing that and, and not letting that expand into, uh, you know, some of the missiles getting fairly close to the Polish border? Um, and, and, you know, it, it just feels like something that could get out of hand uh, a, a little quicker than uh, any of us like to think about. Well, first of all, I think that uh, President Biden has done a good job in marshalling uh, the unity of Europe uh, and uh, the steps that they have taken to think that Germany has said no to the uh, Nordstrom uh, pipeline and said we're going to uh, uh, not take that energy from Russia, uh, the, uh, from that new pipeline. So they've been very unified. They've provided the support for uh, Ukraine as well. So I think he has gets good marks in that regard. Uh, the, what we can't do in terms of, of uh, uh, support of Ukraine, we cannot let Russia define the level of support. And for example, uh, Putin has said, I'll consider it an act of war if you provide material uh, and support uh, to uh, Ukraine. Well, we're already doing that. Uh, 
but he's saying, well, you, you can provide this, but you can't provide uh, MIG air support. Uh, so we're let, we can't let him define the conditions and determine what is war, particularly under the threat that uh, there's nuclear weapons there. Because you look at what uh, Putin has done in the last uh, 10 years, he is gradually taking over, whether it's parts of Georgia, whether it is uh, the Crimea, other areas, he has demonstrated in the history of Russia that uh, they're an expansionist country and he has expansionist visions. And if you do not stand up to that, then it will continue and it will threaten uh, our NATO alliances. It will threaten Poland and Poland, incredible what they have done uh, in uh, sharing the burden of the refugees, but also the material that's being supported. And so I would, uh, uh, expect uh, the president to be uh, more aggressive in the support. Uh, this is a critical time and to act very, very quickly. Let's don't uh, uh, let our support die because we're lawyering the issue to death. <laughs> Let's get it there. I think that's what America wants. And that doesn't mean we're going to have troops on the ground. I agree that doesn't need to be on the table. I don't think he needs to articulate that publicly. Uh, but I don't think we're there yet. Let's just get him the support. Ukraine will fight for him themselves. Let's shift gears to something I, th I think miles away from that subject, which is jails and prison space in Arkansas. Um, uh, there has been uh, a lot of talk in Washington County and Benton County, uh, now in Madison County, which doesn't have a county jail, um, about uh, crowded conditions, the need for expansion, and you've announced plans to build uh, close to 500 new beds at Calico Rock, at the prison facility there. Um, as part of those discussions, certainly here in Washington County, uh, some of the reform advocates have, have suggested that uh, we need a different approach. And I think they've testified to that down in Little Rock, that, that incarceration is not the answer, uh, broadening that. Um, do you think they have a point at all in terms of Arkansas over-incarcerating people uh, in this state? Well, I believe in prison reform efforts. In fact, over the last seven years, we've accomplished a great deal in that regard. I've been one of the biggest advocates for alternatives to incarceration whenever they're nonviolent uh, drug offenses or uh, uh, when they have an addiction problem, they need to have a second chance. So. Uh, we have really supported those reform efforts, but you can't, uh, they're not exclusive. I mean, you, you can do reform efforts at the same time, you need to have adequate space uh, for uh, your prison system and for uh, the growth in our population in this state, the growth of our communities, and uh, quite frankly, we have seen an uptick in crime, uh, violent crime, uh, over the last uh, year. Uh, that's a nationwide challenge. It's not just uh, in Arkansas, but the public expects us to make sure those violent offenders has, have a place to go. And, and so it's a space issue. It's not a reform issue. We're investing in drug treatment courts. Uh, we're investing in reentry programs. Uh, we're investing in improved uh, efforts in our prison in terms of education. Uh, so we've got to continue those efforts and continue to evaluate uh, what our uh, you know, make sure we get it right on our incarceration policy. So let's continue those reform efforts and measuring those steps. But at the same time, we just simply need more space. And 
uh, we had a backup in our county jails of over 2,300. Over 2,300 state inmates are waiting in county jails because we did not have space. Now, part of that was uh, outgrowth of COVID, and so we made some adjustments, uh, and we've reduced that number down to about 1,600 now. But still, that whenever you have that backlog, that means that Washington County can't arrest somebody uh, for a misdemeanor offense of battering uh, or, uh, or be held in contempt of court and have any place to house them because they're all filled up with state prisoners. So it impacts our ability to enforce local laws, and, uh, and, and so we've got to be able to move them out and that's the reason we're increasing that space and Calico Rock is the right place for it. We've got workers there. Uh, and so I, that should relieve part of the problem. The, um, uh, as I say, you know, Washington County, Benton County are, are talking about expansions uh, to, to, to deal with that. Even if, even if the 500 beds help, um, they, they feel like uh, it seems like nothing approved yet, but they seem to be headed in the direction of building uh, more local space, and uh, certainly you've um, you've advocated and helped partnered with uh, four counties, I believe it was, to create the crisis stabilization units, mm -hmm. which helps to yeah. divert people from jail for uh, right. uh, mental health uh, crisis, and helps to get them hopefully on a on a better path. We have one of those here in in Fayetteville uh, with Washington County, um, so uh, those are uh, those are certainly steps that that that, that help. Uh, absolutely, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that's been part of our reform efforts. I've led in that, and we had uh, four uh, pilot programs for crisis stabilization units, one Northwest Arkansas, Central Arkansas, Jonesboro, and, uh, uh, and then Fort Smith. And they've been very successful, uh, and actually the one in Northwest Arkansas probably had a bigger hiccup than, than the rest of them. But uh, I viewed them as successful, and, and so we are making them a, a, a permanent uh, effort in the state. And so uh, the initiative is, becomes a part of our Department of Human Services, so it's got steady funding. Uh, here in Northwest Arkansas, UAMS is going to take over the uh, management of, of the crisis stabilization unit, uh, and uh, the services will be provided through them. So. I'm excited about that, and what that does is uh, we train our law enforcement officers in crisis intervention so that they identify someone with a mental health issue. Uh, they can divert them from jail into a treatment uh, effort. And uh, we've improved it, and we hope to continue to uh, make that program work better. <clears throat> and the mental health issues have to be addressed in our country <clears throat> in a more comprehensive way. And uh, I don't have all the answers there, but we're trying to increase uh, our number of providers for mental health services, uh, the location of it, part of it's addiction counseling, but we've got to invest in that mental health area because uh, that leads to all kinds of societal issues that uh, we've got to confront. You mentioned these are pilot programs. Do you anticipate seeing expansion in the years ahead? <clears throat> I do. Uh, I think it'll be gradual uh, because you need a population base uh, and you need to have uh, law enforcement that's trained and, and like South Arkansas, we need to have one, but the population is so dispersed and 
you'll wind up having, uh, uh, you know, someone have to drive maybe 90 miles uh, to deliver, uh, uh, you know, someone to a crisis stabilization unit because you can't have them in every county. You need to have a regional one. It works up here because the transportation is shorter distances, but it'll be more challenging. But the answer is we absolutely want to do that. And I think the step will be part of our waiver that we're getting from uh, the Biden administration for our uh, Medicaid expansion. Uh, we're going to be using Life360 homes in the hospitals, and we're training our community hospitals uh, in our rural areas particularly to provide a broader range of services from mental health uh, to uh, 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 prenatal health uh, as well. And so that's part of it, and I think you'll see it expand. All right. Uh, Governor, I want to shift gears again and, and talk about uh, uh, the last two years with, uh, with COVID-19 and the coronavirus. It's, we're just, just a few days at, after the two-year anniversary of the first case in Arkansas, and so much of this term, uh, of your term, has been, has been dedicated to, to fighting the coronavirus and, and trying to help people stay healthy. Um, are there things that you wanted to tackle uh, during your term that, that COVID uh, forced you to put on the back burner and, 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 and made it so you couldn't address those as quickly or as effectively as? It slowed down a few things. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, it uh, really made our measuring of education progress difficult because you had almost a gap year there mm -hmm. uh, where either they went virtual or it was just hampered. I mean, it was, it was uh, difficult uh, during COVID. And so we had some educational loss that we're trying to make up for. Secondly, in terms of uh, one of my priorities is, is growth and uh, uh, job creation. Uh, I had just come back from India uh, in 2019. We had a number of announcements we were ready to make of uh, companies that were coming here to locate as a result of that trip. Uh, and when COVID hit, uh, it went by the wayside uh, because they couldn't even travel during that time. And so we did get hampered uh, in those two areas, education and job creation, but we're back to it. Uh, so that's just uh, one of the curves that you get. You know, when you look at where we go now in terms of uh, COVID, uh, I hope we keep on the current trend, which is downward in cases. And both CDC, the White House, uh, governors, and the governors probably figured out a little bit early that what you have to measure is the hospitalizations. And, uh, and so while the cases uh, might increase some, you measure the hospitalization. This is what's happening in Europe right now. In Europe, you're seeing an uptick in cases again. But you look at the hospitalizations and they're, they're holding fairly uh, steady. So we're gonna measure that, but we're not through it yet. And our vaccinations have slowed down dramatically. I've done everything I can to increase vaccinations, but we've got to be able to stay on that path because that's going to help, what help us get through this uh, next winter because uh, the uh, COVID virus is still around. And there's another issue I want to ask you about, uh, a statewide issue uh, I want to ask you about. Um, the casinos in Arkansas now can, can, uh, can take online sports bets, um, and uh, that's, that's new. Um, and I'm curious what your what your thoughts are about that. Is that something that's good for Arkansas? Is it you know given the competition from other sorts of uh, of gaming uh, opportunities? 
I, I think it is just a natural consequence of the voters of Arkansas uh, voting in uh, for casinos. Mm -hmm. And once you vote in for casinos, and, and uh, then a natural result of that is going to be uh, mobile uh, wagering. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it goes part and parcel with it. I think the Racing Commission, which has regulatory authority over our casinos, did a good job in uh, defining uh, the rules on that, making sure that uh, uh, the uh, people's will is carried out with limiting the uh, primary locations to those four venues. And so you got to make sure you handle it right, uh, but uh, I think it is uh, just a consequence of having uh, those four casinos here. And I'm grateful that it is limited to four geographic areas, and so you can't, you're not going to be having uh, the casinos all across Arkansas. It's limited to four areas, and I'm glad the voters restricted it in that way. I hope we, we maintain uh, that balance and those restrictions. Speaking of that, I know there's an effort um, involving folks in Pope County who want to remove Pope County from, from the, uh, the, uh, the, the four areas where casinos can be, and they're trying to, they're, they're, they are uh, uh, trying to get something on the ballot to, to let voters uh, do that statewide. Uh, you know, do you have an opinion about that? Is that uh, about whether the whether Pope County ought to have the ought to have a say in whether or not a casino is located there? Yes, I think the uh, uh, local localities ought to always have a say, uh, but that's not what the original constitutional amendment said. And I thought that uh, Pope County was an odd choice for a casino, uh, and they fought it very hard. Now. So, you know, whenever you see the success of the casinos in, in Pine Bluff, I think it, it's, it's changed uh, some of the attitudes there in Russellville. Mm -hmm. But uh, I always believe that the local citizens ought to have the final say as to uh, whether they're going to have a casino or not. But that was not part of the amendment, and they have the right to be able to change the Constitution. It's a big lift. Uh, we'll see if they're uh, successful in it and how that proceeds. All right. There has been a an award by the Racing Commission of a license for Pope County. Um, if that amendment passes, do you think that's going to drag the state of Arkansas into some pretty intense litigation from the people who, at this point, have been awarded a license to operate a casino there? Uh, yes, it will. I would continue the litigation, mm -hmm. and because uh, they actually have a property interest uh, in it. It's, the permit has been granted. It's been awarded to them. And so if it's taken away by whatever means, then uh, uh, I'm sure there'll be litigation that results from that. I had to put my lawyer hat on just for a second. But uh, I think we just take it a step at a time. Uh, but it has been awarded. I think the Racing Commission will oversee that. And I think there's still a few uh, hurdles left. But uh, I think unless they change the Constitution, it's uh, going to proceed. Yeah, I'm having visions of, uh, of uh, the agreement you reached, which was uh, to, to buy out the hog farm at, uh, <laughs> at Buffalo River. And I'm, I'm wondering, is our state going to end up having some kind of arrangement like that? And I know you're probably fairly limited as to... Uh, <laughs> What you might want to delve into on that. We'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> so um, 
Governor, uh, uh, outgoing state senator of your acquaintance, uh, Senator uh, Jim Hendren, has started an organization called Common Ground, uh, where he, uh, you know, he left, you know, quite famously left the Republican Party, became an independent, and and started this organization to 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 um, draw people together to the middle of the political spectrum uh, in order to help get things done and, and maybe overcome some of the divisiveness and the and the, um, uh, the more negative aspects of partisan politics in the state. I'm wondering if you think that was, what your opinion is of that effort and whether that's a worthwhile uh, effort uh, in Arkansas. Well, I have a high regard for Senator Hendren. Whenever he was uh, pro tem of the Senate, we got a lot done. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the best, most successful uh, sessions that we've had. But uh, we've had conversations about it, and uh, I respect what he's doing, but uh, for me, that's not my path. And so he wants to work outside of the Republican Party to make changes uh, through uh, his initiative. Uh, I want to be able to make change and fight for common sense conservatism within the Republican Party. Uh, I've devoted uh, uh, four decades of my uh, life in strengthening the, the Republican Party and building a two-party system in Arkansas, achieving the majority, and I don't want to see it squandered. And so uh, I do want to see uh, common sense. Uh, I want to see us uh, return to the principles of Ronald Reagan and uh, the limited government, but also uh, problem solving. I mean, people elect Republicans uh, because uh, we have a philosophy, but they also have an expectation that we're going to govern and to get things done and not get log jammed or not get sidetracked. And so that's the message that I think that we need uh, continued here in Arkansas, but also uh, even nationally. Uh, I don't like the log jam that we have in Washington, D.C., uh, the difficulty of getting things done, and when we can work in a bipartisan way, uh, that doesn't change uh, our conservative principles, but it's just like Ronald Reagan. Uh, let's, if, if we can agree upon some things, uh, let's get it done. It's, it seems like you, you talk about bipartisanship and, and uh, working, you know, finding some, for lack of a better term, some common ground and common sense. Um, a lot of what we hear in the, in the conversation, political conversations these days, just seem like it's it's you're evil and I'm and my party is great or vice versa, you know, and that makes it really hard to bridge the gap. It does. And then, and it's a responsibility of leaders. Uh, and so, you know, whenever you're a leader, you're an elected official, you can't just yield to the loudest voice. And that's what we do too often. And you have to not only represent, but you also have to uh, inform and explain and and to talk about uh, uh, and lead in the direction we need to go. And so I think there's that responsibility. And then the citizenry uh, also uh, needs to express their passion, but we also need to recognize the limitations of social media and the inaccuracies of, of much of what's there. And we need to listen more. And so we'll get through it. Uh, you look at the divisiveness and times past in our country, the McCarthy eras, and what happened during the McCarthy era? Uh, you had a senator from Maine that stood up and said, let's get back to decency. And all of a sudden, the, somebody stood up and it turned uh, the country around again. And, uh, and, and so we just need leaders that will do that. But also, I, I 
we in Arkansas, my goodness, we have done so much in a bipartisan way. I mean, we've had Democrat, uh, Republican support for uh, the efforts that we did in this last session for law enforcement, for public safety. The budget was passed in a uh, largely bipartisan way. So there are good things that are happening here in this state, and we stayed away from some of the uh, side issues that takes us away from a budget session that we didn't go down there for. So I think there's a lot of maturity that has developed uh, in the General Assembly that we saw the fruits of in the last uh, session. Um, changing subjects again, I, you know, I, I, pardon my, me as I stumble through this because I want to, it's just a curiosity I have about, you know, during the session we had um, opposition to Arkansas PBS uh, and the funding for that. We've seen that before and, and, and we saw it uh, for a while this time. Eventually it got passed. Um, I think in the vote for the Revenue Stabilization Act, um, you had one person vote against that. And uh, that, I believe it was a representative who who said he didn't want to fund the universities because he felt like the universities were indoctrinating uh, people into some things that he didn't he didn't find uh, matched up with his values. <clears throat> is, is there a an anti-intellectualism in Arkansas? Is you know even even in discussions about workforce education, sometimes I I, I kind of get depending on who you talk to, you know that some people want that instead of what, you know, you've focused on both, uh, college preparedness and workforce education, but it seems like there are people who, who really feel like maybe education isn't the best thing for Arkansans, and um, uh, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Well, I think that uh, view is extreme minority. Uh, in the General Assembly or across Arkansas. Uh, I think what we see in this last legislative session is a high value for education, uh, investment in it, our teachers. I mean, they've been so broad and supportive of our computer science initiative. But also this last, not the budget session, but the last general session, a conservative Republican-led uh, uh, General Assembly supported licensure for DACA students without any controversy whatsoever because they understood how uh, the value they bring, how we needed nurses in the profession and how they came here and they're educated here and they wanted to make sure they had those opportunities. So uh, I think there's been a real, uh, as you go down there to the legislature, uh, you you see the statewide uh, issues and, and uh, you don't abandon your values, but you also see the importance uh, of these uh, things like PBS that does for our state. But, you know, in that instance on PBS, uh, you know, I knew it was going to pass, but there was some legitimate concerns about one particular program that was aired, and it should not have been aired. Uh, they acknowledged that, and so, you know, uh, they worked with uh, the legislature and gave them confidence that we're going to watch that more carefully. And that doesn't mean censorship. It just means you know, let's put things on PBS that uh, uh, does not uh, offend uh, unnecessarily and uh, violate the, uh, uh, the principles of uh, decency that is important in our state. But let me come back to your central point, though, and that is, is there a, a 
intentional uh, willingness to avoid science and facts. And I think we saw this during COVID. And, uh, you know, we were getting data, we were getting medical information, and it's important to rely upon that in making decisions. But I think what the public is saying is that you've got to overlay the science and the facts with some good political judgment. And uh, the public saw uh, that the science was driving decisions that didn't make sense for a community. And there's a balance there. And so, as you know, I followed the science uh, and we acted according to the data that we had, but then as things did not make sense, we overlaid it with a good political judgment that reflected Arkansas. That's what I tried to do, uh, but you cannot be a know-nothing party. You cannot be a party uh, that says we're not going to be listening to facts and we're just going to uh, follow the passions of the moment. You've got you've to look at it more deeply, and that's what I think uh, any major political party has to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Governor, we talked about this earlier. You've only got a few, uh, got, got about eight, nine months left in your term, so I'm kind of curious about where you're headed after, after your term ends. It has not escaped our notice that you're going to be speaking at, uh, at the Politics and Eggs uh, event at St. Anselm College, which happens to be in New Hampshire. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, and, and as all of us know, New Hampshire's a, a destination this time of year or for the next two years for people who, who might be considering running for, for the president. So, you know, feel free to make any announcements here on our podcast that, <laughs> that, 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 that might relate to that. Short of that, what can we expect from Asa Hutchinson after your term ends uh, in, in January? Well, we're taking that a step at a time, but the most important thing is that uh, I'm going to finish uh, every day in Arkansas over the next 10 months uh, being governor and trying to do a good job every day. Uh, secondly, uh, I have been given a unique voice uh, nationally uh, as chairman of the NGA, uh, as uh, someone that has a voice that uh, is a little bit different, perhaps, uh, bringing common sense conservatism and being will, willing to speak honestly and frankly. And so uh, there's national interest in that uh, kind of, uh, uh, of leadership. And so uh, you can expect me to continue to be that voice because it's important for the Republican Party nationally, but also you can see uh, during this time that uh, leadership makes a big, big difference. Whenever we were energy independent and we're no longer energy independent because of policy decisions that impact Americans every day, my goodness, I would not be doing right with the people of Arkansas if I was not conveying uh, my beliefs and my philosophy and how we need to go in this direction. So I hope that I can continue to be a voice that is both civil but also policy-oriented and principle-oriented and we'll see where that leads. Um, Governor, our last question, uh, uh, you talked about energy independence. Um, uh, you've got this council on uh, a future mobility that, that sort of focuses on a myriad of things, but, but on electric vehicles, uh, the, the state's role in, in developing that industry. Um, where do you hope to go with that? Well, it's natural that Arkansas leads because we've led in the transportation industry for 
decades, ever since the automobile was uh, developed uh, with uh, J.B. Hunt uh, hauling uh, rice hulls from eastern Arkansas up here uh, and building his, uh, uh, but, it, but it's also uh, Jones Truck Line and on and on. We've led in transportation. And so we want to be able to continue to do that, but transportation is going to be different. How we deliver goods 10 years from now is going to be different than we do it today. And so we want to be able to look at this, which is why I created the Council on Future Mobility, that will look at electric charging stations so that we can uh, continue to uh, develop uh, different types of uh, modes of transportation in the future. Uh, we want to be able to look at autonomous vehicles or self-driving vehicles, which we're already doing in Bentonville. And the fact that we've led in that area, we want to make sure that we can look at ways to remove barriers for their success and their safety and their public acceptance. Uh, it's about flying machines. Uh, the first flying machine is going to be demonstrated in California uh, this next month. I was invited to go there. I can't go there. but. Uh, you know, it's still in the exploratory stage, piloting stage, but it will be here before you know it. And so if we're going to lead in transportation, uh, let's uh, look at the future ways of mobility. I'm excited about that, and Arkansas is in the forefront of that. And this council, we bring in the leading uh, technical experts together, uh, policymakers together, and I'm looking forward to their recommendations as to how we can remove barriers, how we can advance uh, in this area in Arkansas. Well, certainly the uh, prices at the gas pump are helping people, to <laughs> spurring people to think more about alternative uh, modes of transportation. Uh, Governor, we're honored to have you here today. We appreciate your time very much and wish you well in the, in the rest of your term and, uh, and whatever comes after that. Uh, so uh, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. It's, it's my home and I'll always be here. Thanks for joining us for this Speaking of Arkansas podcast. We appreciate all of our listeners. Please hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're hearing us on so you can be advised when we put new episodes out. For now, I'm Greg Harton, and this is Speaking of Arkansas.